You're listening to the Jewel City Podcast. Make sure to rate the podcast and share with your friends. You can join us in person Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6 p.m. We have something for all ages or online at 10 a.m. And make sure to check out our live groups or small groups. So tonight's title is We Are Not Perfect. It's going to it's going to take you a little bit of time to get there, but we're going to talk about Peter tonight. I'm going to start preaching a little bit of a funeral because that's kind of where God led me with. So 2 Corinthians 5 and 8, it says, We are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, Father, this is your service. This is your house, your people, Lord God. Father, I pray what you've given me would flow, Lord God, the way that you've presented it to me. Lord, I pray that you put me behind the cross. I pray that the Spirit is moving in the midst right now, Lord God. Father, I pray that we will grow from this and learn from this, Lord God. And Lord, I ask your blessing all over us in the name of Jesus and amen. If we know the Lord, we're confident in this very thing. To be absent from the body, when we die, we'll be present with the Lord. Amen. During the funeral At the graveside, I usually read something like this. It says, what lies before us is the earthly tabernacle, the house in which they lived and among us for a time. Tenderly and reverently, we commit that house to the grave. The body returns to the earth from which it came, earth to earth, ashes to ashes, dust to dust. The spirit returns to God who gave it, waiting the day when both spirit and body shall again be united at the coming of the Lord. One day the trumpet will sound right? And God will split the sky wide open and we have to be ready for the homecoming with the Lord. Amen. He tells us, watch therefore, for you know not what hour your Lord does come. So we need to do our best to be ready for the Lord at all times. We should try to live right before God at all times. We're in second Corinthians, second Corinthians five, one through five talks about, it tells us that this earthly house, our tabernacle will dissolve, but God has a house waiting for us in heaven. Amen. That this tabernacle, it will groan and it will be burdened down. We're going to walk with afflictions. We're going to walk with some sufferings in life. Who knows what it'll be? Maybe you'll walk perfect. Maybe you'll never have a day of suffering. Pastor Rita experienced life full of joy all of her life until two years ago. Full of joy. Never suffered, never groaned, never had a burden. Pastor Robert hit immediately last year. We've all went through something in our lives, right? But there's a house in heaven waiting for us. (laughs) It's a blessing. One day we'll put on immortality. There'll be no more crying. There'll be no more sorrow. No more tears. No more pain. We'll be raised up and we'll be in the presence of the Lord. But verse 6 and 7 says this. Therefore, we are always confident knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. For We walk by faith, not by sight. Whether we're absent or present with God, we must try to live our life the best that we can, pleasing to God. And you say present with God, how can you even say that? You got to remember, there were angels who sinned in heaven and he kicked them out. So whether we're absent or present, we got to live right for God. Amen. Whether we can accept it or not, the truth of the matter is we're here and God didn't pick us to be a second string starter on his team. He picked us to be first string in everything that we do for him. He picked us to be first string. Anybody ever been second string? You're no longer second string. 
you've been picked to be first string. Amen. The day that we were in the pew and God's, our heart was right with God and he knocked and the spirit drew us, we became number one. We became winners for Christ. Sometimes we hold ourselves to a high standard though. And it's something that, that we don't know what to do whenever we fall. We get up and we continue to walk out our faith before God, right? We're going to look at Peter, the life of Peter. In Matthew 3, he talks about John the Baptist and his disciples, which are Andrew and John. They were baptizing when Jesus shows up. When Jesus was baptized by John, the scripture says, Lo, the heavens were open unto him, and lo, a voice out of heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Upon hearing these words from heaven, Andrew and John, they immediately say to John the Baptist, that's the Messiah, and we're going to follow him. No offense to you, John, but we can see that there's a greater spirit and a greater purpose to follow him. Andrew's excited about the Messiah. He's excited about Christ Jesus. And what's he do? He runs home to find his brother, Simon Peter. I can only imagine the conversation as he's running because Peter's never quiet, right? Peter's always there. He's always talking. He's always first to talk. And Andrew's excited. I found the Messiah. Man, where you been? I thought we were going to clean the nets. I thought we were going to repair the boat. I thought we were going to take care of these things. And Andrew's like, will you shut up and listen? Man, I found the Messiah. Jesus Christ. He's here. The Savior of the world. He's here. And I want you to meet him. Simon Peter is more concerned about what's going on in his own life, though. Andrew, my mother-in-law is sick. And she's about to die. But John 1 and 42 says, and he brought him to Jesus. And when Jesus beheld him, he said, thou art Simon, the son of Jonah. Thou shalt be called Cephas, which is interpreted a stone. Jesus picked Simon Peter right there as a starter. Not only did he pick him as a starter, but he gave him a cool nickname. Hey, you're a stone. Anybody else had a cool nickname? Rodney, what was your cool nickname? I said a cool nickname. Rodney can't even remember what he's called. I didn't have a cool nickname. Mine was pretty embarrassing, actually. So I came back uh, about 30 pounds over, overweight from my freshman to sophomore year, and my linebacker coach named me Tubby. And it wasn't cool, and it wasn't fun, and I was out of shape, and we ran sprints, and after about every sprint, I was over in the bushes. It wasn't good. Amen? Wasn't cool. Simon Peter is called the stone. <laughs> and we all know what God can do with a stone, right? He slays giants. So Peter is a giant slayer, amen? But Jesus comes and he visits Peter's mom, his mother-in-law, and he heals her, proving that he's the Messiah. Walk by faith, not by sight. But he shows the glory. He shows his power. He says, listen, follow me. You'll see greater things. You'll see greater works if you follow me. Walk by faith, not by sight. The next day, Jesus, Jesus enters into Peter's boat. And he says, just launch it out a little bit. I want to get away from them just enough. Just enough to talk to them. Just enough so they can hear me. Just enough so they're not pressing up on me. I want to be able to talk to all of them. He says, he gets done. He says, cast out. He goes, what do you mean cast out? Man, we're tired. We're ready to go home. We're ready to have breakfast. We're ready to wash up. We're ready to kiss our wives and take a nap. He says, I'm telling you. Cast it out into the deep. And that's what Jesus is asking us. He's saying, take your risk. Cast out into the deep with me. Trust me. Just go out into the deep. And Peter says, 
Nevertheless, Master, at your word, we'll cast out. And what happened? With the casting out, there was a, there was a great multitude of a catch, right? The nets broke. They were ready to sink the ships. They were filled so heavily. With obedience, there will be a great harvest. With obedience, there will be a bountiful supply. It's all in our obedience. Whenever you look at your relationship and you think things are starting to go bad, maybe we should examine our heart. Maybe we're like Peter and we say, man, I can't go that deep. I don't know. Did you really say that to me and you want me to do what? Maybe we need to examine our heart and say, man, Lord, I will go. Because listen, we have to become tithers first, right? And it starts there, but it also starts with our servanthood. Whenever we give to God, God gives back. When we give to God, God gives back. It's a full circle. You can't outgive him. He's so much better than you can ever imagine. If you're faithful in your giving, you'll be blessed a hundredfold, I guarantee. Trust him. Taste and see, right? That's what he says. What happens here? He launched out. The, the, the catch was so massive that the boats are beginning to sink. And what happens? When Simon Peter saw it, mm, I thought we live by faith, not by sight. God will show you the glory. He'll show you the glory in your obedience. Even in your disobedience, he may show you the glory to say, if you'll trust me, if you'll trust me, it's here. All you got to do is trust me. But Simon Peter, when he saw it, when he saw what? He fell down at Jesus' knees saying, depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. Jesus said to Simon Peter, fear not. From henceforth, thou shalt catch men. And I say to you tonight, fear not. You're going to help catch people. For the kingdom of God, if you'll just take that step and press out. You, Mona, Mona called me for a funeral in obedience to God. And she helped catch people. That day at that funeral service, there were seven people who gave themselves to the Lord. She, she obeyed the Spirit in obedience. There was a bountiful harvest. And she was responsible. Part of that responsibility laid up on her shoulders in the obedience to pick up a phone and say, Pastor Aaron, I feel like God has laid you on my heart for this. Can you do it? It's all in obedience. It's all in what we do. We're not perfect. Simon Peter was not perfect. He fell before him. He didn't trust God right there. He said, depart from me. I'm a sinful man. And he said, fear not. I love you. Listen to me. We're going to dust that mistake off. We're going to keep going. Amen. Mark 6, 45 through 52, it tells us, Jesus instructs his disciples to go by the ship to Bethsaida. And winds and waves, they weren't working with them. They were struggling to reach the other side. And here comes Jesus walking across the water. And they're all terrified. And Jesus says to them, calm down. It's me. And Peter says, if it's you, bid me to come. He says, come, Peter, come. And Peter gets out of the boat and he starts walking on that water. But then what happens? He starts sinking. Why? He lost sight of the Lord. He lost sight with his own natural eyes. He lost it with his spiritual eyes. His faith wavered and he started to sink. But what happened? Jesus reached down and he pulled him up. He said, you're not perfect, but I'm going to help you back up. We're going to walk to that ship together. We're going to get back on it together. And we're going to go through this storm to the other side. Amen. Jesus is the only one that was ever perfect. I would say that his heart sank also. Knowing that he just failed at the test, at the trial. Matthew 16, 
It says, Jesus asked his disciples, whom do men say that I, the son of man, am? You're Isaiah. You're a prophet. He says, then he asks, but who do you say that I am? In Matthew 16 and 16, and Simon Peter answered and said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus is encouraged. He's encouraged. He says, Simon Peter, only God the Father could have revealed that to you. You are blessed. And he continues to bless Simon Peter. He says, listen, upon this rock will I build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail. He went from being a pebble to now he's a rock. He's the rock. You think Rock Johnson's the rock, but Simon Peter's the rock. He's the one on which the church will be built. Amen? Simon Peter. Man, Peter has it all together, right? He answered the calling. He's a starter on the team of God. He doesn't sit the bench, right? Right there in the boat. He wasn't sitting on that bench anymore. He said, I, I want to come to you, Lord. I want to come with you. He's the rock. He's appointed and he's anointed. Amen. The last Passover. Jesus is teaching by washing the feet. Jesus gets to Peter. Lord, are you going to wash my feet? You shall never wash my feet. See, when you're going to the feast, the Passover, you're already cleansed. Your body should be clean. What he wasn't understanding, what he was trying to teach him was humility. Your feet are dirty from the defilement of walking the ground, from the dung, from the dirt, from whatever. I'm just trying to clean your feet right now. Not only to take away the defilement of the, of the path, but I'm trying to show you that humility is to serve other people, Peter. And Peter, he says, wash my whole body. Peter wasn't understanding that it was about having our heart right with God, our heart and our spirit lined up with God and asking him. Peter's not exactly getting it though, right? He's getting corrected again. Luke 22, 31 through 34 says, the Lord Jesus said to Simon Peter, behold, Satan has desired to have you. Mm. I would say if he's telling that, to, if Jesus is speaking that to Simon Peter, I would say that if Jesus was here today, he would speak it to each and every one of us. Behold, Satan has desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. Jesus says, I have prayed for you. Man, and we are getting prayed for every day. He's still at the right hand of God, interceding on your behalf, my behalf, and we should be thankful for that every day. If we have nothing else to get up every morning and say, Lord God, I'm thankful that you're interceding on my behalf because only you know today what I will face. Only you know the trials and troubles that will hit me. Only you know the physical pain that I have right now, and you're praying for me that I'll walk it outright before you and before each and individual. Only you know that my integrity is what it is. Only you know that my character is what it could be. And you're praying for me not to fail you. You're praying for me not to let you down. You're praying for me that I'll be the leader that I've been called to be. You're praying for me that I'll impact people's lives. You're, you're praying for me that I'll, I'll say, Lord, who would you put before me today? That I could speak the gospel of Jesus Christ. Who would you put before me today that I might be able to lead them to the kingdom of heaven through a prayer. Mm. He's not exactly all there, is he? Jesus says, I have prayed for you that your faith fail not. Mm. And when you are converted, strengthen the brethren to be converted. We need to be fully, we, we need to fully surrender ourselves to God every day.
We just need to say, here I am. I'm trying to follow you, Lord. Lead me, guide me, right? We just need to open up. Simon Peter responds to Jesus. He says, I'm ready to go to prison with you. I'm ready to go to death with you. But was he really? What about me and you? Are we ready to go to prison for him? Are we ready to go to death for him? Most of us say, I'm ready to die, but we don't want to die, right? Right? Amen. I'm ready to go to prison and ready to death. And he said, I'll tell you, Peter, you'll deny me three times before the rooster crows twice. Jesus is in the garden. He's surrendering to the Father. Judas has arrived to betray him. And Peter draws out his sword and swiftly cuts off a guard's ear. And what happens? And Jesus said unto him, put away your sword. All who draw the sword will die by the sword. Did you not think I could call up on my father and he would send 12 legions of angels? I'm doing this, Peter, because I must fulfill the scripture. Imagine how Peter feels. I'm just trying to protect you, master. I'm just trying to protect you, Lord. As Jesus is arrested and he's taken away, then it happens. Peter's asked, were you not with Jesus? Who, me? I don't know that guy. Are you not one of his fathers? Not me. You're one of his disciples, aren't you? Don't know that guy. You got the wrong guy as he's cursing and swearing, the Bible says. The rooster crows. How's that for a bird, huh? Huh? How's that? Huh? Luke 22 and 61. The Lord turned and looked up on Peter. And Peter remembered the word of the Lord. How he said to him, before the, roast, before the rooster crows twice, you'll deny me three times. And Peter went out and he wept bitterly. Simon Peter, the rock, holding the keys to the kingdom of heaven. And the gates of hell shall not prevail. Just hit rock bottom. Denied his savior. Three times. Denied him. Someone so close. He's not perfect. He's hurt. He's feeling guilty. Anyone let the Lord down and feel guilty? Don't show me hands. He hit rock bottom. But God still loves you. Just like he loved Peter. He still loves me. And you're still valuable to the kingdom of heaven. You still have great value. We're not perfect. But God's still working on us. Amen. With the hurt. And the guilt, with guilt is usually shame. He hit rock bottom. What does Peter do next? He gathers up the boys, right? Hey, let's go back. Let's go back to what we used to do. Let's go back to what we used to know. Let's do the things of old times. It was good. We were happy. We were making things. We were making money. We were taking care of ourselves, right? He said, let's return to the old lifestyle. I don't know what your old lifestyle is for you, but don't go back. He says, he says, what are, I don't want to get ahead of myself. I almost did. Don't go back. They went back and they toiled all night and they caught nothing. When we go back, we're going to toil all night and we're not going to find the things that we're looking for. At the break of dawn, 
in John 21. A man standing on the bank calls out and suggests dropping their nets on the right side of the ship. Think about that. He says, cast your nets on the right side of the ship. Is it hot in here or is it just me? He first asked him, he first asked him if they caught anything. Do you have any meat, he said. Then he tells him, cast your net on the right side. What about you? You trying to do it? Do your life without Jesus? He didn't call you to go back to your ways. He called you to live your best life for him. John realizes who the man is. It's Jesus. And Peter instantly strips down, jumps into the lake and swims over. Jesus has a little fire going. He's waiting for the rest of the boats to come. Cooks them some breakfast. And Jesus has called you and I to strip ourselves down, to examine us, to dive deep with him, to dive deep into his love, to dive deep into his forgiveness, to dive deep into his peace because it's only his peace. It's only his forgiveness. It's only his love that will sustain us and get us through this life. Amen. Peter needs to be close to the Savior and we need to be close to the Savior. Jesus asked Simon Peter, he says, to the rock, Simon, son of Jonas, loveth thou me more than these? More than these, he says. More than what? More than his friends? More than his former life? What are these things that separate us from God? What are these things? In closing, Simon, son of Jonas, Lovest thou me? And again, he says, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? With the three denials of Christ came the three confessions to the Lord. Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. With the three confessions came the purpose. Feed my lambs. Feed my sheep. Feed my sheep. When thou art converted, strengthen the brethren. Think about that. He said it. Satan chooses to sift you. And he told him at that time. When you're converted, strengthen your brother. Right here, we're thinking, we're thinking he's completely converted. Peter's back on track, right? Even with this humility and this confession, Peter couldn't just focus on Jesus and his own calling. John the Baptist, or John the disciple shows up walking next to him. And Peter says, Jesus, what about him? And Jesus corrects him again and says, Peter, focus on what I've asked you to do. Don't focus on what other people are doing. Don't focus on their calling. They're not perfect either. They're going to make mistakes too. You keep your eye on me and I'm going to direct your path. John's going to keep his eye on me and I'm going to direct his path. You're going in different areas. You're going in different area codes. You're going into different parts of communities. You're going into different parts of the hospital. You're going into different parts of the prison. Who knows what it is that we'll be doing. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. But Peter was present with God every day. He was weak. He was sad. He was hurt. He had faults and he failed. No matter what, God wants to clean us up. He didn't call us to be people with regrets. He called us, you and I, with a fresh anointing. 
You're a winner in his book. He wrote your name down in the Lamb's book of life. Whenever you confess your sins and you asked him to come into your heart, you're a winner in his book. God's mercies are new today and every day. Every day that we're alive, we're blessed to be alive for Christ. God's love, it picked Peter up. It picked Peter up every day that he failed. God's love met him every day. New. Peter, let's start all over today. It's a fresh anointing. Let's get it right today. Maybe you messed up yesterday. Maybe you sinned yesterday. But let's get on the right track today and let's go about doing our business. Let's keep your eye focused on me today. And maybe we won't sin today. Maybe we won't fall short of the glory today. If you just stay focused on me today, Peter, maybe you'll do it right. Maybe you'll lead right if you just stay focused on me. Listen, don't give up just because you fall short of the glory of God. Listen, the bait of Satan, I heard people say, man, it beat me up. It gave me black and blue eyes. I sat with a man and he said, man, I'm just pressing in, but I'm afraid to fall short of glory. I'm afraid to fail God. The truth of the matter is we're not perfect. But he's calling us to press in for a calling that's on our lives. He didn't call you to sit in the pew. He didn't call you to be a bench warmer. He called you to be a starter. Press in, pray, ask what the calling is on your life. Because Philippians 3, 13 and 14 says, Brethren, I count not myself to apprehended, but this one thing I do. Forgetting those things which are behind. Forget yesterday. Forget yesterday's sins. Don't keep, don't keep bringing it up. Don't keep burying, don't keep unburying what Jesus has buried in the cross, in the grave. Your sin was buried. You're not perfect. I'm not perfect. Don't bring it up. You gave it to Christ yesterday. Let it die. Let it die. He said, I want to leave it behind. And reaching forth with those things which are before which means I'm getting up today on my knees and I'm pressing in for the kingdom of heaven. The righteousness, I'm hungry and thirsty for all of it. Why? Verse 14, I press towards the mark for the prize of his calling of God in Christ Jesus. Nothing on this earth can satisfy you like Jesus. Surrender to the past and live for God. None of us are perfect. None of us are perfect. Amen? Amen. If you will, Bow your head, close your eyes. Listen, I pray that this message has impacted your life as it did mine whenever I was studying. I tend to hold myself to a high standard and I have to. I'm part of your leadership. But we all fall short of the glory of God. Whether it's anger, whether it's bitterness, unforgiveness, every day we get up and it's a new day. It's a fresh start with God. And all we got to do is ask him to touch us and to lead us and to guide us and help us in everything that we do. And he's got it all for us. Is there one here tonight that said, I've never confessed the Lord Jesus Christ as my Savior? Is there one here tonight that would say, Lord Jesus, I need to confess my sins? If that's you, I'd open up this altar to you right now. Is there one here today that's never asked Jesus to come in your heart? If you would, I'd ask you, encourage you to raise a hand. 
I know there's new Christians in here, and I'm happy to see those faces that I've seen raise hands in the recent weeks. That's awesome. I think it was an encouraging message for you tonight that you're going to mess up, but you're going to walk it out with God. Is there any here today that would say, I need Jesus? Is there anyone? Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we're thankful for tonight, Lord God, and we're thankful for your word. Father, I'm thankful that you're still working on us, Lord God. There was only one perfect, Lord God, and that was your son, Jesus Christ. And Lord, we're so thankful for the cross and the resurrection. We're so thankful that he sits in heaven praying for us and interceding for us every day. We're thankful that we can come before your throne boldly asking for forgiveness of our sins. We're thankful, Lord God, that we can come boldly before you, petitioning for the sick. Lord, we're thankful that you've called us. Lord, I pray that every individual here, Lord God, would hear your voice and know the calling that's on their life. Lord God, I pray that you would continue to bless us and keep us in all that we do. Lord, right here, right now, we just surrender our lives to you. Have your way, Lord God. Have your way in the name of Jesus. Thank you for listening to the Jewel City Podcast. Make sure to rate the podcast and share with your friends. You can join us in person Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6 p.m. We have something for all ages or online at 10 a.m. Make sure to check out our live groups or small groups. 